Uh, hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the third episode of Making the Movie Maker. Uh, I promised you I wasn't going to keep you waiting as long, and I am back with honestly an amazing episode this week. Um, I was super excited to get this guest on the show. We've been in talks about it for ages. Uh, it took a while to arrange a date between us. He's a busy man. Um, and you'll see why when you listen to the show. He is a fantastic guest. This week I am joined by an amazing videographer. His name is Joe Kaufman. Um, I did not know how to pronounce that straight off the bat. I did ask him prior to recording this segment here. Um, but I'm I'm confident I've said it right. Actually, I'm not, to be fair. I've probably recorded it. I've still said it wrong. But uh, no, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure I've got it right. But Joe, this week was an amazing guest. He had so much to talk about from his experiences from being really young when he got into filmmaking all the way up into working in, uh, working on a feature that ended up in LA. Uh, yeah, just amazing. Uh, please stay tuned for the whole show. It's amazing. I'm not going to keep you waiting any longer. We're going to get straight into it. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you Joe Kaufman. Getting used to the uh, the uh, constant rain. Oh, and me, me too. Um, <laughs> obviously, I've just come back from Australia, where the weather is not quite like this. Yeah. Um, and it rains here every day. It's yeah. relentless. Yeah. I don't understand it. Yeah, getting used to that. It was nice in the summertime, but now now back to the back to now the back rain. to reality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Got tricked for. We moved in when it was like lovely. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah. Yeah, that false sense of security. Yeah. Like, oh, like, oh we're, like, we're like we're living in like some amazing place. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah this is great. Yeah. It's, it's all working out pretty well. Yeah. Oh, oh, and then it starts raining, and then it just doesn't stop yeah, raining. Exactly. I was like, why? <laughs> and do you know what happens? Every time I leave to go to work, it fucking starts raining. Yeah. And I'm just like. What? It's just like, it's like wait, yeah, like yeah. he's leaving. Go. go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As soon as you need to do anything outside, that's yeah. 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 It's, yeah. it's like oh, okay, right. I've got a moment of dry. I'll go and do what I need yeah. to do. Ah, yeah. got ya. Yeah, yeah. Got ya. Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much. Oh, right. Anyway, Joe. So, how are you, mate? I'm good. I'm good. good. Um, sort of adjusting to the old COVID lifestyle now. Yeah. But um. Settled into it. It's been a, quite a while since it started. So. Yeah, it's been what? How? How? What month March, are we in? We're in October. October. Seven months. Yeah. it's been now. Wow. So, you know, got all right in the summertime. Mm. Uh, work and stuff was picking up again, but dropping off again now mm-hmm. because, you know, just that that yeah. sort of lockdowns are appearing up. People it, are worried about booking in advance. I, I think yeah. I mean, uh, a lot of people want to book work with you, but the, the, the uncertainty, especially if you're doing, I don't know. I don't really know. Sort of. Well, I know what I do. I do a yeah, lot of yeah. promo stuff. Yeah, yeah. Companies don't really know if it's worth yeah. sort of investing in a product like that if it's not going to pay off due to COVID, I guess. Yeah, so yeah. It, it, the uncertainty was a bit of a nightmare, wasn't it? Yeah, it definitely was. And it obviously came out of nowhere. No, you know, didn't plan for a six-month break in work. No, you know, like, everyone was told two weeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think, um, you know, adjusted to it now and, yeah, but getting used to it getting back to it so it's work yeah. picking up a bit now yeah it was picking up the summertime it started picking up quite a lot actually yeah. um, but it's sort of dropping off as we come in I mean it generally gets quieter towards Christmas anyway people aren't thinking about yeah, and projects and stuff but mind. but um, but it is yeah it's definitely got busier towards the end of this year yeah least, so, um, so we're, we're jumping straight into the conversation of what it is but why don't, you, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and what it is you actually do yeah, so um, I'm a filmmaker. Uh, started off 
years ago just like making little films with my friends and family Actually, like yeah. I think like most filmmakers yeah, yeah. start um, and then sort of met a mate who we thought let's start making some some YouTube videos this is like back in 2011 what sort of videos were you making action VFX films oh, love like that. Corridor love Digital Freddy, Freddy Wong these old you know these those YouTubers if you've ever heard yeah, of them yeah yeah I know Freddy Wong yeah, yeah so like working on projects like that trying to sort of emulate what they were doing at the time um so that kind of got my passion really excited for yeah. making content. And then sort of family friends noticed that like, oh, you can make really good little videos. Can you do a video for my, you know, friend's company? And, and that's kind of like suddenly got a little bit of money and went, oh, this is, could be a job. Yeah. And then sort of went, well, we should pursue this. And so me and my friend for, I think, about three years sort of ran our own little company together. This is back like when I was... 16 17 18 are we, are we getting much like traction out of that or yeah like i mean it was probably if you look back at you know we were we were busy but like everyone was a friend or family member yeah. to some degree or, or at least connected yeah, quite some closely degree of like yeah um it wasn't until like you know we sort of jumped out that field of our close family and friends that we realized you know actually our work stands up against other people yeah and we thought well we could you know we could pursue this you've got and, a chance here yeah. yeah so we went off to uni um both of us together went to the same uni, which was quite lucky to both get in um, to the same place. Mm-hmm. So we can then continue sort of running the company. We moved to London. Um, but yeah, so that was kind of the start of what I was doing and mm. filming. Um, and then basically I've never stopped <laughs> since then. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I have a very similar story uh, myself, to be fair. I didn't start as... I th- I'm a, so how old were you when you started? Uh, what like doing actually like paid well, just vi- no oh video videos, no, I mean, specific- like you know probably I would say probably eight or nine my wow my like my my dad and my uncle were really into like like they weren't professional filmmakers mm. but they loved making little short films and little stuff like that so kind of always got involved in that and yeah. they had like little you know handy cam cameras that we'd make our own little horror films our own little old action films like when we we're kids you know yeah, like yeah. with my cousins and stuff so always been so fil- cool. always been filming um, were you like editing them when you were yeah yeah like on, I, on like a windows movie maker <laughs> like working out <laughs> God, and then that's clunky isn't clunky <laughs> and then a bit of a iMovie as well working out like how you could you know like, oh, just so many ways around that those programs that have yeah. so many limitations we're always figuring out like how can we make do this with that with this program so yeah, yeah. and that always learning like um and then I probably started doing like visual effects stuff when I was probably like eleven years old. Oh, really? Like I really got into that like idea of doing lightsaber fights and stuff like that. So that I, is so cool. I think for one of my birthdays, <laughs> I got uh, I got a piece of software that let me do like basic visual effects, and that was like that's where it kind of started into this idea that's of doing amazing. that. Yeah. Do you still do VFX and stuff? Yeah, occasionally it's not that common. Um, like because a lot of my work, I mean, we'll go into I'm sure, but a lot of my work is corporate based. Mm. Um, and music based and things like that but we have done feature films and a few other projects that have involved um visual effects um but every time i come back to do it i have to relearn after effects because i'm like i haven't used this for about about a year i know what you mean when i got back from australia uh in the summer i was making short videos again and i was determined to yeah relearn after effects i can get my way around premiere pro like it's the back of my hand um easy but I was like, I feel like if I'm going to start doing my stuff more seriously, I need mm. to, um, yeah, get to know After Effects a little bit better. And I just forgot how much of a handful that piece of software yeah. is. Like, everything is such an intricate piece of equipment. Yeah. That I just don't... Uh, and it's, it's like, it, although it's made by the same people that make Premiere, 
nothing is the same. No. Like, it's like completely different buttons, logos, yeah. keys, shortcut, there's everything. nothing that sort of... Like, if they if they were made by a separate company... Or yeah. if I didn't know they were made by a separate company, uh, same company, I would definitely be like, okay, well, they, they, they're not... They yeah, don't they're not, correlate yeah, really yeah. at all. Because yeah. it's just... Oh, it's all over the place. Yeah. But it is good once you get it done. Yeah, and I got really good at it back, like, this is when I was, you know, doing these little short action films mm. for YouTube. Like, I got, I was doing all the visual effects and my friend was doing all the editing and, like, sound design. So I would just be on there, like, at, you know, eight, ten hours just sitting there on one shot, just, like, tracking or yeah. drawing around for masking. Like, I was, got really good at it, but then I stopped it properly for about three or four years and, like, now it takes me forever to do anything. <laughs> yeah, but, it's, uh, it is one of those things. If you put it down for a few weeks, you have yeah, to basically relearn the entire software again. Because yeah. it's just, it's like, like, I built an animation for TH Visual, which yeah. is my uh, little company. And uh, that took me the best part of two hours just to, yeah. and it was the smallest little animation, yeah, yeah, just yeah. a little logo that yeah. I put at the start of all my videos. Yeah. Um, and it took me so long, yeah, yeah. and it's just like, oh, I don't know. But if you ask me to go back and do that again now, yeah. I probably couldn't do it again. It's just uh, very yeah. confusing. And goodness for tutorials and YouTube. I know, honestly, I live by them <laughs> yeah. in the summer. I was like, one of the things I was determined to learn was to make fire appear out of my hand. Yeah. Uh, and I watched the video, he made it look so easy. I was yeah, like, yeah. That's, I could do that. And yeah. uh, I. I can't do it. I want it on record that I cannot do that yeah. <laughs> very easily. I'm sure you probably could. Uh, if you can make lightsabers glow, I'm sure you can probably make it. Probably figure it out, but I'll probably following a tutorial as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was following it. Yeah. But he was also using... I find that a lot of those tutorials are always like, yeah, you can do this, but you need to buy these packages in order yeah, yeah. to do it. And it's I'm always like, the case. There's always a catch, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Like, yeah. I can't just yeah. find these free effects on no. YouTube and just green screen it. No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but there it is. That's one of the yeah, things. So... You started making short films when you were younger, uh, so you were eight or nine. Yeah, probably when I started like actually filming and then putting it on a computer and putting that's it together. Incredible. So I guess that's yeah, that's counts it. as making uh, films. See, I did. I, I mean, I've always been into films, mm. um, and it wasn't, but I didn't really get into filmmaking until I was eighteen, yeah, which yeah. seems so late in comparison to someone like yourself. Mm. Um, but ever since then, yeah, I've pretty much hit the ground running with it. I've made loads of short films. I guess it was sort of a delayed reaction for me because at, at age of 18, all my friends were like interested in getting like pissed. Yeah. And all <laughs> I was interested in was making short films yeah, and yeah. like getting my name out there yeah, and yeah. making something creative. So yeah. I guess I was kind of late to that party in that respect. Um, and so you went on to university, you said. Yeah. So like I, I skipped, well, I went to college, but I went to college. Did you do like film for, media? No. Or? So I did. Uh, I, I was the other thing I was into was like technical theatre, like lighting and sound, oh, for like sweet. live events. Yeah. So that was kind of the track. I went to college before me and my friend basically like really got into making mm. films. Um. So I thought, well, my my career and money making stuff is going to be in like technical theatre because yeah, that's yeah. what I was doing kind of for for work at that mm -hmm. age. Um. So I went to to college for that stuff. Um. Mm -hmm. But while I was at college, that's where me and my friend James literally like started making these films all the time, got really into it. So then it came to like uni and we're like, well, I want to go to do this. Like, yeah. I don't want to do technical theatre anymore. I want to do light I want to do like filming and editing and stuff like that. Um, and because I'd fallen into doing a lot of the visual effects, I thought editing would and post-production was going to be more what I wanted to do. Uh, my knowledge of like camera stuff at that point wasn't very, it wasn't as high as my knowledge yeah, for, of sort course, of, yeah. uh, for the software side. So I went to uni and did editing and post-production at Ravensbourne, which is like a specialist sort of uni in London for media and art and stuff like that. So it's sort of okay, a very creative university. Like they don't do 
many other courses. No, other so it is. It's more for those like creative subjects. It's yeah. an arts university. Yeah, it's kind of yeah, and it's very like well set up. Like it's got the best equipment in the world. Oh, there, I can imagine. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, you could hire. You could we could just rent for free for, from their like stores, like oh, red cameras or whatever you wanted. And you those are the money. best. Thing. Well, yeah. unfortunately, so I went to Bath Spa University, mm-hmm. um, which was a fantastic uni um, in some respects. When I started at that uni, it was the first year they run the course. Mm-hmm. So we did have a bit. I mean, I did mention this on my last episode as well. So people will have already heard that. Sorry, everyone. Um, but yeah, it was we were sort of guinea pigs in that respect because we were new to it. Yeah. So that everyone was still feeling it out. I felt a bit like, however, they had just invested a lot of money into an industry standard TV studio as mm-hmm. well. So we kind of had that at our disposal. Mm. However, our equipment store, the best cameras we could get were probably a a DSLR yeah, like yeah. a Canon 300D yeah. like it was yeah. nothing nothing amazing or anything I like think it's just oh, this uni was such a specialist in this area that they just they had they were sponsored by Adobe and all these things oh. so like you, we all got free Adobe subscription for like 10 years like you know like it was like that's so sick yeah they were, it was a really cool place though the course had been running I think a lot, obviously a lot longer mm. so there was a lot of stuff left in the course that was completely irrelevant yeah. like we did a lot of stuff on like uh, like tape stuff like capturing from tape and and like old style like capturing techniques like I, we had like this guy this old guy who came in and he would i was fascinated by everything he said because i just love tech and like that side yeah and he but he'd explain like the history of like how a certain type of like tape recorder worked in like the 1980s and it's like i don't feel like many of us are going to be needing to do this when we leave this building because no. everything at this point obviously was like editing on computers like um, so that was a bit of a funny sort of thing, and then we did a lot of the learning was around um, like uh, Avid, which is another editing program. <laughs> another which is like, bitch of a piece of software. Yeah, it's literally the most backwards thing. <laughs> like if you, I don't get it. Yeah, yeah. If you used to cut on film, it's fine because it works the same way as you like cut on film. But like no one, no people now at university have ever cut on film. Probably. Yeah, and I think that so, was always <laughs> the point of Avid. But it's, yeah. Avid seems to be the bridge between like analog sort of yeah. editing and then to digital editing yeah. so if, if if you've only ever done digital editing which yeah. i have yeah <laughs> go in to use avid which yeah. we did learn at university yeah. um i can't no, tell you fun. anything about how yeah. to use that no. now uh it just was a bit of a, a clip just did a a clip was yeah. a nightmare <laughs> yeah that, that seemed yeah. to take too long yeah, yeah yeah uh when i just want to drag and drop it on yeah. like yeah, that's the yeah. world we live in it's a very the digital age is very yeah. impatient yeah yeah uh, so you've got to have it done again yeah um yeah so I mean, that's kind of uni was editing and stuff. So I was running sort of this company with my mate James in London at this point, um, starting to pick up like some corporate work, sort of working with small businesses, doing promotional stuff. Um, And so we were kind of earning money outside of going to uni. So it kind of, that's where the sort of desire to do that as my job, not to work for a company, but to work for myself. Yeah, that's where it kind of of started was like at uni, I realized "Mm, I don't really like working in this giant environment. And if uni is a bit like what work's going to be like, I think I'll try and do something on my own. I get that as well. Um, Like I said about the TV studio, we used to do a lot of our projects in there. And I, you know, uh, occasionally we do um, sort of extra, extra work outside of like contact hours. Um, And I always just thought I, I don't, like this um it's just too many i always found like working in a tv studio there's too many chiefs and not enough indians yeah 
uh, a lot of people want to have a voice. I don't know if that's probably because I was at university and everyone wanted to sort of be yeah, there's less of a top home. dog. Yeah, there's yeah. less of a um, Obviously working in a professional studio. And when I did work on professional shoots, um, there is obviously that more higher. There is mm. a hierarchy there. Mm. Um, but I always just thought, no, nah, I'm not into this. Yeah. I, 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 I'd like to have a bit more free reign about what I'm yeah. going to do and yeah. what I'm not going to do, really. Well, yeah, and also, like, at uni, like, you know, our uni had a great, like, it was like 98% employment rate from our uni. Like, really? In, into the industry, that's, into, that's, into that's the amazing. film industry. So it was incredible. But, like, we, you know, I looked at it and went, yeah, but I'm going to leave here and I'm going to go in at, like, the lowest level mm. at a VFX company or something and be doing, like, rotoscoping for two three years which is what you tend to do if you join like one of the big yeah VFX and there's only like, so much you want to rotoscope something yeah, like you know yeah exactly and i was like i i much prefer running like doing a bit of this and a bit of that and yeah that doesn't wanna, happen if you work for you want to give it a bit of variety don't you and that was yeah. always a thing as well like if you're working in a like a studio mm. you have a specific role and that is your role every yeah. day yeah you don't yeah you don't get you to... don't sort of dive like divulge into other tasks yeah. really which i think is also else. like harder for you to sort of progress in the sense of like you could get amazing at that one field yeah but like you might be you might actually really want to like you might actually love something else if you knew mm. you could go and do it of course and like so i started doing at uni i did f uh, editing and post-production but i've ended up ba basically doing the camera work now and i have an editor who does the editing so really? like okay. like i ended up moving out of that field because i started freelancing and ended up doing camera work and then going actually i prefer this to the editing yeah. I wouldn't have done that if I joined a company. I'd probably still be editing, you know. And you but. wouldn't know what you were sort of missing out on, I guess. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, and being freelance as well, it is nice to have that sort of, okay, well, I'm directing this shoot. Um, I've also, well, in previous shoots, hired, like, I usually hire someone to do camera. Yeah. I am uh, not a very technical person mm -hmm. with the camera. I'm yeah. great at editing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put me in front of an editing suite and yeah. I am fantastic. Yeah. Um, Self proclaimed, of course. Um, but. So I hire them, and obviously I like the ability to be like, right, okay, let's try it this way, let's do it this way. Okay, now let me actually, can I do a few shots? Perhaps do that, and you, you know, you get to have that sort of <clears throat> free reign to do whatever it is you want to do, and you get to, the the end product is on you and solely you. Yeah, yeah. Um, and obviously bringing it into the editing suite as well, you get to, you get, and it's just, I don't know, there's something a lot more rewarding from that. I find, mm -hmm. you know, you yeah. get. You, you you are in charge and you are solely the purpose of this product as well yeah. i find so yeah 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 no, nice. I, I think it's good to try out different areas in the in yeah that, in that sort of world because you could just fall into one thing and think that you love it but actually it might be something you love yeah more. <laughs> and know? somebody else is doing something and you you see yeah. it and you go oh well yeah i want to do yeah i'd like to yeah. do that yeah obviously if you're in a role it's yeah. quite difficult sometimes to sort of change because yeah. especially like if you're working in sound mm -hmm. And you want to get into perhaps lighting or yeah. something like that. You have to retrain yourself, yeah, your and it's like that they're, they're, they're not two different. They're, they're not no. the same thing. Like no. it's it's hard to have a really trans. I mean, there are some transferable skills mm. if you are technically minded. You yeah. can probably figure it out, but yeah, you yeah. have got to spend that time yeah. figuring it out, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, so exactly. Um, I guess having being freelance, you can just figure it all out on your own. And I, I, I find personally, I would rather have little bits of inf like knowledge on all of them rather than just sort of focus on one and then probably getting bored of that and then yeah. being in a position where I can't really do anything about it. So, yeah. so you went to university, yeah, uh, and you graduated mm, 2015, I 2015. think. Nice. Yeah. And have you you've been working ever since you left uni? Yeah. So left uni uh, in 2015. Um, at that point, I'd stopped. I don't. Yeah, so 
I was working with my friend James. We were running our own company for the first year of uni. Right, okay. And then we, he sort of moved into website stuff and I kind of moved, kept in the film stuff. Yeah. So eventually I started my own company. So when I finished uni, I just continued running that company because yeah. I started my company in 2013. So... Um, is this the same company that I'm running now yeah I so, will ask you about that yeah, yeah. Bit, but, so yeah, yeah like so we were, we that's sort of what I continued doing from uni mm-hmm. I just kept I built up enough work enough clients by the time I finished uni that I could just you, go you, straight you into fine, that yeah, and just run sweet, from that yeah. yeah so you were doing a lot of work alongside uni yeah, um, yeah. yeah. how did you manage that like how uh, did you find... so uh, again this un- this is what was a bit weird about the uni is like it was all project based and yeah. you could do everything like from like a home which you couldn't you weren't meant to yeah but i ended up basically doing that because i ended up moving out of london my first year at the end of my first year of uni and i moved to brighton and so it's a bit of distance yeah okay so i started basically i only i think maybe second year of uni i went in like six seven times in the entire year like i just did everything remotely um, didn't I have a problem with that because at my uni you'd get deducted 10 percent of your mark yeah. so well for attendance but 10 percent isn't a lot if you put the good work in i guess i don't I never, no, no, never got nothing ever got said to me, so I don't know. Maybe I did lose ten percent, and I don't even know it. Um, <laughs> like what did you I graduate did, with two one. Yeah, fair enough. So, um, but I'm not the best at like written work. No, so that's either. what kind of which is why I did the degree I did. Yeah, that's probably <laughs> what like got me like because my actual products that I'd made, editing mm. work and stuff like that, would would have been higher, I'm sure. But it's just that my written stuff accompanying it was not very good no no um but yeah so i moved to brighton and then just went to uni a lot less but still did all the work remotely which i think actually helped because um our uni that our lecturers were all professionals in the industry so they all were like just doing a couple of days a week and they didn't seem to communicate which yeah. meant you got such mixed messages oh, if, you, so if you just followed the brief that they sent out at the beginning of that module and did it word for word. Whoever marked it obviously just read the brief to mark it. Yeah. So I just basically followed it word for word, and I got a higher score than people that had gone in every yeah. time. You know, so it's the thing, isn't it? That that, that is it. You just got to follow that criteria. Yeah. That it, that's all it really comes down to. Yeah. Is it whether it is actually like do they base it on your actual knowledge or the fact that you can just tick a few boxes really? Yeah. And it's like, oh, and that's the thing with lecturers as well. Yeah. Is, um, I amount of times you'd be like you'd write a really for, well formulated email to them trying to be like hey can I do this and you just get like a two three word answer yeah. back with sent from iPhone underneath yeah, yeah. it or something like that yeah. or it's just yeah annoying and uh, so I I mean I had a very similar experience as well everyone in first year of course everyone's like I've got to go yeah. like to everything yeah. like I want to stand out I want yeah. them to know who I am yeah. then you realize that they don't care yeah what you who yeah. you are yeah. Um, just do the work that they set you. So I guess in second year as well, I think people started cottoning onto that and were like, I'm probably not going to go to the yeah. many lectures. As, and I, I mean, there was one lecture. Uh, sorry, mum, you are probably going to hear this, but there was one lecture that I used to. I went once the whole year. Yeah. Um, I was like, what's the point? Yeah. And it was a rubbish lecture, and I, I passed yeah. it. Like, yeah. but yeah. Yeah, just, that was the thing, and same for me. And I and I started to pick, you know, picking up more and more work. It just was like, I'm enjoying doing this work, and I need the time to do this work. And I'll just do, you know, a lot of my courses, I actually used my work that I was doing as towards it for certain, some, some of really? the, yeah, some of the courses. I've always thought it was a few, because the lines are blurred there. But I don't know if it's the same for perhaps your uni, but at mine, we weren't allowed to, like, if we submitted something for uni, mm-hmm. it belongs to the university. Oh, so it became their intellectual property, which I yeah. don't know why that was the case. Yeah, like yeah. if I've spent 
yeah. friggin' ages yeah, yeah. writing, shooting, editing something. It yeah. became their intellectual property, That's and we weren't allowed to use yeah. it for. Uh, yeah, well, we never. Ha- I don't remember having a having that said about. Um, I mean, we did. Uh, we did some like there were some forty-hour film contests and stuff. We took mm. part in it at a uni and stuff, and I think some of that is sort of they have it on their like websites those videos and stuff mm. so i'm pretty sure like maybe they've got rights to some of those yeah but, i think so but I, I think the work i was submitting i think was ours still i don't know i don't think they genuinely have an issue with you no. using something to just no. promote yourself yeah, or yeah. you know further yeah. further your career i guess but yeah. yeah it was always implied that it was their property so we interesting yeah, yeah i don't know if it'd be a bit weird if i had to get permission for something that i shot but yeah. there we go <laughs> uh, it'd be a bit like mm, it's a bit of a kick in the teeth yeah. that, isn't it but uh <laughs> Um, you were saying forty-eight fil- hour film challenges. Yeah, I absolutely love those sort of things. Yeah. To be fair, um, yeah. I like the idea of making something under pressure, and I'm yeah. assuming you mean like short films. Yeah, short films. You got given uh, a prop and a line. I think was what Ooh, you got. Okay, a prop's so, interesting. So you got a prop. We did we did three because I think there's there was one a year. We did we, we each year, um, and we won in different connotations because there's like different awards. So I think yeah. one of the ones we won best cinematography. Another one we won. Like because we just went full in, like we were like, oh, it doesn't matter about you. And he's just like, let's just do forty eight hours of like yeah. just working nonstop. You can take two days off. Yeah. Um. So like, we did really well, and it was it was yeah props. So like you know you had to use a spade, so you had to have a spade in the shot, <laughs> and you had to have a line, and it you know yeah. See. So it kind of gave you some form of theme. Oh, they gave us a theme as well. So like one of the or maybe one of them we had to do like eco or. Uh, environment yeah. or something like yeah, that. Yeah. So kind of they tried to theme everyone's together. Yeah. Um. But there was also some people that were amazing. Like th- when we were in first year, there were like third year people that were like, you're like, how are we ever going to get to like that level? Because it was like incredible. Of course you do. But, like that yeah. is that feeling, isn't it? When you yeah. see the third years, you're like, whoa, yeah, yeah. They're, they're making yeah. some amazing products. Yeah. However, I didn't have that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because obviously like oh, yeah, said, yeah, yeah, was the first, first year, year running yeah. the course. Yeah. So by the time we got to third year and we were making it, we had all the first years going, whoa. Yeah. But also a lot of the first years I was like, Jesus, they're so yeah, yeah. <laughs> It is one of those degrees. It's very like the skill level varies. Yeah. I found as well. Yeah, I think you get a lot of. I don't know if you had if everyone was your age at your uni or if everyone was a similar age. Mm, sort of. Because we had a real mix in ours, yeah. and we had a lot of people come over from America, come over from other countries. Yes, again, we had a, we had a few, actually had a few Italians on oh, my really? course as well. Yeah. To be fair, yeah. But, yeah, um, so there were people that were very experienced that had clearly been in the industry in another country for years but wanted to get a degree in the UK mm. to maybe go and work at a post house in London or something yeah, I guess perhaps, yeah. um, because they were like you're watching it going you've already like I mean you've done this for like 10 years as a professional like yeah so it was kind of there was a bit of a mix on the, even on the course you were kind of watching people's work and going and just thinking wow Whoa, yeah so yeah some people were like you found that some people, when they were going to university to study a degree like this, again, like I had very similar people. Mm. There were people that were probably just coming to it, sort of fine fine tune their kind of abilities, mm-hmm. per se, uh, and I get some experience because um, my university did offer a lot of like extra like work outside yeah. of hours and stuff. And then you could see that there were people that were like, okay, I am into this, but I don't know enough um, to... Yeah, yeah, so I need to I need to enhance my abilities a bit yeah, more yeah, there yeah. as well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it is weird. It it really is weird because you could study something like I don't know English literature, and probably everyone's got everyone's probably a big book fan and got yeah, a sort yeah. of very yeah basic well like very like I don't know what the word is uh, a very expanded knowledge of that 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 particular field. Yeah. So 
I don't know. Yeah, it's because I don't think you could go on to a great degree like English literature and not have read many books. No, right, exactly. And I think if you're, you know, doing something creative like that, is you will get a mixture of people always because, you know, like I started coming, like getting excited about making film and stuff yeah. when I was really young. So I'd been doing it for years already. Yeah. But there are other people that maybe got excited about film when they were eighteen, yeah. uh, you know, or whatever. And then that, and so they're coming in with maybe less, you know, not necessarily less knowledge, but maybe. Yeah they haven't done as much work yeah, yeah. at that point. So I think that's why you get that different ability set because it's a creative thing. You don't just sort of learn it at school. You have, no. You've gone outside of yeah. your school education to yeah, yeah. learn something. And I think creativity as well. I mean, I don't. it's not something you can necessarily teach, is it? Is it? To be honest, I mean, you could sort of give them ideas and pointers, maybe try it from this sort of... Mm. But it's something that you perhaps develop, mm. a creative aspect. And obviously, when you get the knowledge and learn the equipment, you obviously become a bit more you start to think outside the box a little yeah. bit more. So when I became a bit more sort of experienced with lighting, because that's one of the things I'm particularly interested in, mm. lighting as well, you start thinking about how I can make shots look more interesting yeah. rather than just sort of light the scene. Yeah. And uh, make big, it... Yeah, make big it, part that gets forgotten. Would you, you like a top-up, really? Um, yeah. On. You carry on. Yeah, it's... Um, lighting, yeah, it's something that a lot of people kind of forget. They kind of sort of brush past it. They think yeah. it's a li not as important, but yeah. it is. It can make actually oh, more it, difference I mean, than the camera. I've quality. always been told you could shoot on any camera in the world mm. if you've got decent sound and decent lighting. Yeah. It will not matter. No, people will watch it. Yeah, I could shoot a film on my phone. Yeah. Right. And well, actually, here's an example. To be fair, I um my mother, she crochets some products mm -hmm. uh, and she sells them, which and they are fantastic products. They are absolutely amazing. Um she wanted to photograph them and to sell them obviously yeah. and now that has got to be if you're going to use a photograph that's your sales pitch yeah, yeah. right there so she she gave me a sort of a brief right and she wanted to put a chair downstairs there's like a in the living room there's a nice corner like the plants you got the blinds there with the lighting at a certain angle it looks really nice and i you see these led strips here they can mm -hmm. change color so i took them downstairs and you just sort of dress it in a way mm -hmm. and the lighting in that in those pictures just completely yeah. change the product they bring the, the thing to life i mean obviously the product you want it to sell itself but yeah, yeah. you have got to obviously oh, yeah. you've got to guide it a little yeah. bit and that i i took those photos on my phone yeah they don't like it's i mean it's a good camera yeah. but it's not the best camera you've ever yeah, used yeah. but it worked well because i lit it so well that yeah. it just completely changes yeah. the whole it's aspect big, of it it's a big part of it it's a, you know a lot of the time when people go, oh, I can't get a good photo on my phone. And I'm like, well, I've got the same phone as you. And yeah. they look at mine and they're like, wow, how have you? Yeah. And it's like, well, it's like, I haven't shot against a window in the background because obviously the phone doesn't understand that that's yeah. a window and exposes wrong. Yeah, like, can't, but can't people do don't think like that. They think I should just point it and it should look yeah. amazing. And it's like, well, you just even if you just turned a little bit to the side yeah. and got the window out of shot and used the light from the window to light the person, Absolutely, you'd yeah. have a photo that's way better. 100%. You know? And... Uh, you try and explain that to some people. Yeah, Obviously, yeah. some people will not get that. Like no. I said, creativity is not something you can always teach. Yeah. Uh, it's something you have to develop yourself and you have to get a bit of an understanding of that. Mm. Um, and obviously, once you've got that down, you can create these products. And I think one thing that my mum thought was like, oh, wow, okay. Um, these are, look a hell of a lot better than I thought they were mm. going to turn out. And that's all down to what looks well. Like, the lighting as well. And especially coloured lighting as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think... I, I mean, I've always been into sort of really, what's the word I'm looking for? Like really sort of 
mind-boggling films a bit like david lynch sort of style yeah. uh sort of david fincher as well that kind of and the, the way he they both use sort of really interesting colors especially lynch he uses yeah. a lot of greens and purples and stuff like that so when i was making films very mm-hmm. early on i was using lots of different color and it just makes it like it really makes uh for an in- interesting film and yeah, like we were 100%. i mean i shot a lot of all my early films on like a, like a really cheap camcorder because mm-hmm. it's all i had yeah yeah um Obviously, I won't fault those days. I wish no. I still had the camcorder, but I think I lost it in when I moved to uni or something yeah, like yeah. that. Um, and it, obviously, it wasn't the greatest quality camera. It was good at the time, I yeah. think. Yeah. Um, but with the lighting, I guess it kind of, you know, you, it doesn't really matter what you've used. It's still, no. for me, I still watch that and go, yes, it isn't the best quality video. It isn't like amazing acting, but it looks stunning. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. And, that's one of the things I think people need to understand is that lighting is, well, I think lighting is probably one of the most important things of any shoot. Um, obviously you can't read, but working in this sort of field, mm-hmm. or what we do nowadays, yeah. the commercial sort of shoots, you can't really do lighting, especially if you do outdoor shoots. Yeah. Lighting's a bit tricky because obviously they tend to not want it to look dramatic or, you know, yeah. like they don't want it to look like uh, a sort of an action like it's not movie. A film or, scene, or, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's normally, they want it to look as clean and you know and and slick looking and mm. corporate normally yeah. um but there is you know there are clever ways to do lighting i mean obviously outside's always a nightmare cuz you just don't have the light but mm. like you know inside i've lit some some corporate stuff in some interesting ways over the years um using like led net curtain stuff behind for nice. to blur it out yeah. to create depth like there are little ways you can get around it which they are they you know they kind of look at it and go wow it looks amazing on camera cause, yeah because you know you've just put a little bit more thought into it than they think yeah you know, you, so. you, even like even just one light placement can yeah. completely yeah. elevate a shot yeah and it just yeah it completely turns it around and makes it a far more interesting shot than <clears throat> just pointing a camera in outdoor light it, yeah. it's just yeah yeah uh obviously i wish i had access to more lighting mm. stuff i don't re- i do have some portable lights actually Oh, I must get them. I don't know where. I think they're in the loft, to be fair. I haven't really indulged into all my uh, stuff. So, you you have a company, as mm-hmm. we were talking about. I said yeah. we'd go back to this. So it's called Red Kite Films. Yeah. First of all, I want to know, why Red Kite? What is So, that? it's an interesting story. So, when I started the company in 2013, mm-hmm. um, I was really into like the idea of aerial photography, aerial filming. Okay. So, drone nice stuff um do you have a drone i did then so um i got a drone in 2013 maybe maybe end of 2012 and so this is like early days of like drones that yeah. you can buy like personally or at home effectively. i must imagine they must have been big yeah it was like a six-bladed <laughs> drone uh, it was made by dji which make all like the which drone weird, stuff because that's my little one there that yeah, little I, mini say, I, know, there. I haven't seen one of the tiny little ones it's very cute in this little box i like it um, it's good but really noisy yeah like it's like it's like a six yeah. blades yeah. 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 it's like having a it's like nearly, having a group of bees coming it was nearly you. a meter like round almost wow like it was big because there wasn't anything else at the time yeah of course um it was made by dji which is like one of their mm-hmm. first drones they made and it like you know you, i literally put the thing together soldered all the joints like electronics soldered yeah i put the thing together like from scratch <laughs> so it's like it's proper like this is early days of drone stuff and it flew a gopro i think three maybe four at the time that was like as good as you could 
mount to it. Oh right, so you didn't it didn't have a camera built no, on. No, it, everything was like yourself. I had a gimbal. We've come a long way. Yeah, yeah. Well now, <laughs> well yeah, and it cost. I don't know what it cost, but it cost. You could buy like DJI's best drone, probably apart from like that super high end, for the same price that I paid all in for all these bits to put together. So you quite literally just bought the mechanic, yeah, the yeah, drone, like, yeah, yeah, the like the brain and like all the computery bits for it and bits like that, basically, and then put the thing together. Um, and so then you had to separately manually control the GoPro then, I guess. Yeah, so you... How did you get the range for that? Right, so the, yeah, so you had a GoPro mounted that had like... Uh, I had a video transmitter that sent like standard definition video back to the ground. Right, okay. To a little screen. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, radio controller. No, it had like GPS, so it did do like a... It did hold itself. It yeah, was yeah, like... Yeah. It was the first one of those sort of GPS drones that meant it made life easier for, yeah. the, for, the, for the pilot. But it it was pretty like basic. You had to hit record before you took off. You couldn't hit record in the air because I had no control so on the GoPro. Funny. I could just see what the GoPro could see. <laughs> so this is like early days of drone stuff. So I know. I mean, I got this drone while I was at uni. Like we used it in a full day. I filmed blew people's minds because they were like, oh, "How course, did you get yeah. like this footage?" You like get that when you're like, shot, you've yeah, already you're, won." Yeah, you're like some teenagers, you know, or whatever. Like, <laughs> so we had like this amazing setup, um, and. I was using, you know, that's why, so that's coming back to the name. Yeah, so sorry, we digressed. A digressed bit. a little bit. So I, I started off doing aerial stuff. Mm -hmm. So um, there's a bird in sort of the south of England. Well, I think it comes over here called the red kite. I don't know if you get Of course, here. yeah, I'm from Portsmouth. So oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so the bird, the red, a red kite is obviously a bird. And mm -hmm. I don't know, it wasn't me that came up with the name. I think my wife and maybe family sort of got involved and they thought that was quite a cool name because we yeah. were going to be doing aerial filming so we started off as red kite aerial was our original name because we were basically wanted to use something that was that kind of area of the country and was to do with flying yeah so that's where the name came from um and then i when i started on drones you didn't have to have any licenses so that's, you could you could yeah. go and film commercial paid work without any licenses or anything like that so as the laws got stricter and my drone got more and more outdated I was like, hmm, I don't want to go and do the course. I don't really want to invest in I another drone. I don't think you have to do the course now. Because I have a license on that, yeah. and it wasn't expensive. Yeah, so it depends on the weight class. Yeah, that's 249 yeah, grams. Yeah, so that's why it's okay. You can fly it. Yeah. So if you go over a certain weight... It's 250 grams. Yeah. That's yeah. why yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's so, why that specific yeah. model is that weight. So, like, and my one at the time was probably like six kilograms. Like, I mean, it was like... Well, I can imagine, was, if you had to solder it as well. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, if that fell out of the sky, the effect, you know, would have yeah. really hurt someone. So as the laws were stricter and it got a little bit outdated and there was, like, the newer drones coming out, I was like, well, I've got to invest in the course. I've got to get the the, the drone stuff, another drone. Which they're, like, three grand as well, those courses. Yeah, they're really well, expensive. They? So I was, I was at the point where I was like, well, I'm doing a lot of film stuff now. Mm. I kind of... I was still doing the drone stuff, but it was mostly using the drone to add to, like, a normal... Yeah. Like corporate video or something so i was kind of like well do i really want to invest all that money now when the competition was now picking up like yeah there were loads of other companies out there that were specialists in the field that had better equipment and i was like i'd have to go really commit with loads of money yeah and i'm like actually i don't want to go and i'm going to continue in the film stuff so i kind of stepped away from drone stuff at that point but i kept the name because yeah red i quite like it yeah, to be fair yeah, and and i was been, curious where it came yeah, from. yeah so that it came about because we started in aerial work with the idea of it being a red kite being the bird so, um, cool. so the original logo which is like from years and years ago has the red kite bird right. incorporated into it um, but when we took steps away from aerial we changed and sort of simpler logo yeah. and stuff now but um, 
so that's kind of where the name came from and then yeah the drone stuff was where I started with the company and then moved into so do you think you're going to get back in do you want to get back into drone I would love to um, but it's the same thing like it's the investment of it like to match up with my camera equipment that I have now. To be fair, they've just launched the DJI Mavic Mini yeah. 2. Which is yeah, yeah, I've seen some of the new... I mean, the Mavics, I that. love them. I mean, it's... And that's 4K, I believe. Yeah, so the thing in. is, I'm. that's what I'd be interested in, is picking up one that's small enough that I wouldn't use it for, like, solely drone work. It would be, like, oh, a couple of shots within a big thing. Yeah, you know? that's what I do. I, yeah. I tend not to do... when Because I, I, a lot of people want videos, and I'm like... I. Yeah. I tell them what equipment I have. I yeah. usually say I've got a drone. They're like, yeah. sweet, I'd love to get some like, yeah, yeah. nice aerial It's a big shots. selling point. Yeah, definitely. it really is. Yeah. And obviously if I can present them my license, yeah. which I do have, yeah. um, they usually are like, cool, yeah. I'm happy. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. It, that does, it really elevates the project yeah, as well. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of the work I've done around here, they, I've pretty much always yeah. I mean, it's very picturesque around here as well. Like, exactly. A lot of the place is going to look amazing on camera. Absolutely, um, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's something that I might look at investing in again at some point. Um, but yeah, we'll see. I've, I've got a lot of other stuff that needs replacing mm. at some point because I tend to use yeah. mine for a lot of tracking shots as well. Yeah, um, for, if I'm ever tracking upwards, yeah, yeah. I tend to use it for that as well. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I think maybe maybe in a couple of years. I think I a lot of my equipment I invested in back in 2013, 14, 15. So a lot of that's now coming out to oh, be outdated. Um, so. I got to spend money on replacing stuff soon. Time to, uh, time to upgrade. Next year's the year, yeah, for, yeah. for investment, I think. But um, yeah, what's going to be the first one? Uh, the red Komodo. Nice. Um, probably. Oh, how much I going to see you back? Uh, about seven, eight thousand. Not a cheap industry to work in. It's definitely it? not a cheap fair. industry. No, but it, no, you do end up making your money back. Yeah, yeah, and like if it makes your life easier, work like work-wise, you know, Absolutely. simplify like, you know, the streamlining your workflow then it can be worth yeah, the money just by saving yourself yeah, yeah. time you know so. so yeah that's what you've got in this industry you've definitely got to spend money to make money yeah. because oh yeah, it, yeah. the quality and does it's a tough sell. industry for just people looking at what equipment you have is kind of a big part of it as well. yeah do you, do you often get people ask sort of what equipment you have yeah all the, yeah especially like when i'm working for people bigger companies up in london stuff yeah. um they always seem to inquire even if they don't even understand what they're hearing. Yeah, they yeah. kind you of just, like they just you know, want to know, like know, know that you know your shit. Really, yeah, I think they? that's basically what it is. Um, but there is like I don't work particularly in the proper like feature film industry. Like I've made some feature, I made a feature film a few years ago. Really, but, what was but, it? Um, we'll talk about that. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. So but yeah, so I don't really work in the massive film industry, and that's where you really like get looked at, at like, oh, what yeah. you're shooting on. Like they'll they'll just turn their nose up at anything that's yeah, not like an eighty grand camera. That's the thing, camera, though, isn't so. it? If you're working in an in, if it, like a feature, you are selling yourself to people that know. Yeah, they, yeah, they exactly. know what yeah. they, they they know about this. Whereas yeah. if I, like if I'm doing a promo, like for example, I've done a promo video for a storage center. Mm -hmm. they, they don't know. No, well, they might do, yeah. but they don't no. know about. What no, no, they're looking. Using. I mean, you know, it's where the your showreel. The only thing they wanted me to use was my drone. Yeah, to be fair, but yes, yeah, it's but, where your showreel and things like that are great because. If they see that before they even ask anything, mm -hmm. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you know. If they loved, if they thought that your showreel was impressive, it's like, well, I shot it on those cameras, so yeah. you know, like it, it's gonna look like that. So yeah. I think that sort of your showreel can be a better selling point than your equipment. Oh, list, yeah. But you know, some people love to know what equipment. A showreel definitely changes a lot of things. Like I have a friend um, who does the same sort of thing yeah. as we do, um, and he was like. 
for a while I was wondering why I was just getting no work. Like mm. I could show people work I've done. He was like, but I realised I just hadn't updated my show reel in a few years. Yeah. He updated it mm. and put it out there, and suddenly yeah. clients loved him and yeah. just wanted him all the time. Yeah, show reels so is important. Yeah, but they do get forgotten about. Like I think we did a two-year break till relatively recently. Um, change like not putting one out just because it's like it's one of those jobs where you've got to it's, you've got to sit down you got to sit down and do it. I mean, I've done. I lasted my show reel in June. Mm. I have to say that mine will have updated about at least 20 times but yeah. if i had i done it again like, yeah, yeah. Oh, i yeah. really do need to sit down and do yeah. it again it's already outdated it's one yeah. of those things like as soon as you do another shoot yeah you realize, it's outdated you're like, yeah again. and you're like oh i wish that footage was in yeah. There. <laughs> yeah yeah the times yeah. i've shot someone and gone that would have absolutely yeah. looked amazing yeah. in my show reel yeah, but i happens. just can't be bothered to yeah. sit down and commit the time to no. do it no and i've got an editor who does all all the editing really so for us pretty you, much uh now and so you know, I like oh, I've got to pay pay him to, to do that. <laughs> so you don't do any of your editing yourself. I do uh, smaller smaller edits, uh, like stuff that's not worth the hassle of transferring footage across. Yeah. If it's like a really short thing, or if it's just, you know, if he'll do a main edit of a project, and then if they need short versions and things, I'll probably just take sections from yeah, the yeah, main of edit. Course. Um, I mean, he, he's a creative editor. He, he's like, if it's a really corporate project, I'll do it as well because he's much more of a really cleverly editing using like interviews to yeah, create so a talents his abilities are wasted in a corporate yeah video, exactly really. yeah exactly yeah. i can put together like you know loads of people chatting yeah one after yeah, another yeah. telling you just, about a piece just of something literally or following your structure like, yeah yeah exactly but he, yeah um anything that's a little bit more creative i like to pass to him because it, it he spends a lot more time on it than i would you know yeah um, so is yeah. he edit on premiere yeah he edits on premiere yeah yeah. I find Premiere is like I've always found Premiere is one of those pieces of software you could have the best computer in the world but it will still have moments where it's the slowest yeah. piece of equipment in yeah. the world yeah I mean we have those problems we've got very very powerful computers both my end and his end as well and yeah same, same but it's, problem but nothing is ever good enough no. for Premiere no I mean we proxy so we turn a lot of our high res footage mm. into low res footage for editing purposes yeah yeah sure because uh, we shoot in like 4k raw and all sorts of stuff so mm. um oh. It must yeah. be a lot. You must get through us some serious memory. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've got there's two, I've got two servers in my office. Um, Bloody hell, and, you have really. Uh... And I think yeah, between the two, I think there's about sixty-two terabytes maybe on those servers or something like that. Yeah, um, and that's like not even we have like drives that we offload stuff from years ago onto. So that's only probably about two years stuff on there. That's amazing. Um, so yeah, we get we get through some data. <laughs> How often have you ever had to, have you ever filled it? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, yeah. I mean, it always lives nearly like it doesn't matter how much storage you have. It's probably always like only got about ten, twenty percent left on it. And you know, yeah. you'll get a project and you'll be like, right, we're gonna have to go and take that project from two years ago and put that on some drives and back it up. Yeah, yeah. Because um, we have to back everything up. Of course, you um, have to. I mean, and like even well, I got a bizarre thing the other day. We did a job a few years, two and a half, three years ago, for this really big company for Sony, and it was shot the YouTube space in London. And it was a really interesting project, um, and it never got released because because this is this, this huge organisation. The whole thing collapsed because someone said that couldn't be used, and then so it just disappeared. So it never got released. All this footage. So oh, we wow. shot all the interviews with like um, these dancers, and another company shot the actual video. So yeah. we were like this the co-producers of the of for the for the video, and so nothing. No one ever seen it. Nothing. 
I haven't spoken to anyone from that company for two and a half years. I got an email last week <laughs> saying, <laughs> have you still got the all the edits and the footage? Uh, we need it really quick. We need it now. And I'm like, well, I did. And I did have it, but it was on like a drive from yeah, like, so store. I labeled everything up. Okay, but, like, I knew where it was, uh, but they'd sent, they couriered a drive to me the same day and it copied all the footage over and, cur- and they had a courier pick it up and take it back to London the next day. I don't know what they're doing with it. So Two and a half years later. Exactly. That's so bizarre. So it, maybe it will come out and I'll be able to post it because it's a, they're really cool videos. I can't even talk about what it's for because it was all like private at the time. But Do you have to say it sound like an NDA? Yeah, NDAs, yeah, yeah. So I can't talk about it until it comes out. Yeah. Again, they maybe they'll get the footage. Yeah, they probably never actually would change our minds. Yeah, I don't know. So bizarre. Yeah, bizarre they, on that one. But, I'm assuming they hadn't seen it. They'd, no, they'd signed off all the edits. It was a technically agreed that it was ready to go. We literally, I think, like we were, it was going to be like the Friday, and it was like Wednesday we'd finished. Yeah. Friday it was all coming out, and then the Friday went, and we didn't see it anywhere. And then like another week went, didn't see it anywhere. <laughs> so I emailed, and they're like, "Oh yeah, there's been a bit of an issue with someone involved, and blah blah blah." And so nothing's being released at the moment. And then nothing, nothing, ever, nothing ever nothing came. Materialized. Nothing materialized from that project at all until two and a half years later, I got an email out the blue, just saying, "I just wondered if you still had all the edits." What? But they're not. What they would they have done if you hadn't? I guess. Well, I well, guess probably yeah. just shot it. I don't know. Weird. That is so weird. Yeah. That is so. Bizarre. I sent those off. So maybe I'll, I'll see it in another couple of years <laughs> on on wherever it's going to be. But who knows? Yeah, they've got yeah. it, and now two and a half years later, you'll see it in an advert or something. I yeah. don't know. If yeah, that's... bizarre. So yeah. yeah, so that's why I always keep all my footage. Well, yeah, I mean, I try to anyway. Yeah. I had to. Uh, obviously, I've got a few drives myself yeah. that I've had to keep. Obviously, I don't have sixty-two gig- uh, terabytes at my disposal, which yeah. I would love to have. Um, <laughs> I only have two terabytes yeah, yeah, at yeah. my disposal, yeah. so yeah, I'm trying to. Uh, yeah, so years of accumula- accumulation <laughs> stuff. You do, don't you? It's one yeah. of those things. Like you work, like you just have so much equipment, yeah. and like you've just it's got it you've got you've got so much storage and it's like oh christ it's, yeah. it's a lot to keep on top of yeah it, it's, it? it is a lot but it is um it's nice being able to grab a footage from an old project yeah to reuse because we work we work for a company that we work we've been working for for like six years mm-hmm. um filming and making videos for them but we always like you know some of their projects have gone on for several years and they yeah. want to use footage from three years ago in this edit we've just got it like it's really nice just to be able to just grab it without yeah, yeah, having to try and find it on a drive and copy it across so there is there is a use for it i mean i'd also say i could probably delete half of it and i'd never see it again because there's probably so many duplicates and yeah all sorts sure. of stuff in there but you know i haven't got the time to sit and go through it all. yeah but yeah so that's kind of yeah what's been with that side of things yeah, yeah i had a because we so we were talking about editing mm. and uh with premiere pro as well mm. i was so i've recently just finished building my um video from when i was in australia mm-hmm. so i was like i'm gonna make a travel video obviously the classic yeah. um and i decided to make it look like an old vhs tape nice uh sort of so yeah, i spent yeah. ages learning how to build that sort of filter yeah, yeah to like to the extreme like even having like bits of dust appear on the shots uh make it look faded even blur the lines but sharpen it as well because yeah. that was always a thing with vhs it's yeah. blurry blurry but, but there's also... like some still some fine lines yeah. and detail comes through yeah. and stuff as well so i spent ages doing that obviously i did it all on like a lumetri scopes and stuff mm-hmm. like that and each shot took about 20 minutes to render and there's <laughs> probably about 200 shots in the video nice. and it took me three and a half hours to yeah, yeah. export yeah. and export, render a 180 megabyte video 
It's oh, crazy, so, isn't it? It's it's so, as wow. as and it crashed yeah. my computer five times and wiped it yeah. once. <laughs> Uh, so I had this computer wiped the other day. Yeah. Luckily, I had everything backed up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't take it again. Yeah. You just cannot take risks with this no. sort of thing as well. Um, no one wants to read it. Oh, there's nothing worse. <laughs> is there? And I've learned that the tough way. Like you'll start editing something. Not, not but, yet, and so. we get power. Like you've lived here. Power cuts here are. Yes, I've noticed this. <laughs> I don't think I had. A, I don't think I had a single power cut. I had an office in Brighton for a while when, when, I, when I was living in Brighton. I had an office, and I don't think we had one power cut there. And I've had multiple here. Um, so I've actually got to order like some backup batteries for the servers because they're not really meant to shut off like, no, like I mean, that. No. They're meant to shut down properly because there's like 18 hard drives oh, yeah, in each of, course. of them. Yeah, so, that, like, that's, oh, yeah. That's, so that's I've got good. to get some backup batteries that learn, they know when it, the power's gone, they hold the computer on. But for like, cheaper, no, and you have to change the batteries every few years, which is stupid. But anyway, but it automatically tells the computer that the compu- that there's lost power and it shuts the computer. But, but that down. wouldn't be a problem if you lived in no. a place that didn't have power cuts yeah. so often. Yeah, you I get realize... one bit of bad wind here yeah. and it's like. I didn't realise it was as common as that. Like, oh, it yeah, is. Awful, I've noticed yeah. it though. Uh, I'm always, I'm nervous now yeah, doing yeah. this podcast yeah, yeah. that halfway through <laughs> we're going to get a power cut. So obviously we're recording live. Yeah, yeah, I can't. Yeah. I can't no. save it. No. Like, so if <laughs> yeah. we lose this, we're doing this whole interview again, Joe. So yeah. I hope I'll you've got be, everything be... we've talked about in mind. Yeah, I think so. It's in there somewhere. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and so it wiped my computer. <clears throat> oh, it's just so annoying. So obviously I've backed it all up. And it took me over 24 hours just to get this video exported because it kept getting to 50% and just crashing. And the Matrix like, oh. colour palette thing, that thing can... It does. Okay, it really does. Well, yeah. like, a lot of my friends are like... Because obviously I'm, I'm, this is going to be foreign to people that don't listen to this, but I guess that's the point. So when you you know curves mm-hmm. using curves, you can obviously on Premiere you can get it as an effect yeah. the RGB curves, or you yeah. can do it on Lumetri, yeah. and I think Lumetri curves tend to slow it down, like yeah, take longer to yeah. render as yeah. well. Whereas I just usually whack on the other one. I don't, yeah. I don't really see if it makes. I'm not sure. Maybe if it makes any. I difference. don't think it will make much difference. It's the other the other the Lumetri thing covers loads more, like obviously loads more stuff. If you're yeah. using the other stuff, I think obviously. It's worth it, but yeah. yeah, just chucking curves on. It's probably again, best. and it's like again, if you're doing it for this corporate stuff, yeah, you don't need. Much no one's color gonna really know, are they? No, yeah. it's only when like you're doing something a bit more, like a film or a music video or something that's a yeah, bit more yeah. dramatic. You want to mess with the color more. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so you said you were based in Brighton. Yeah. Uh, so that's where you started Red Kite. Yep. So and now you've moved to Devon. Yeah. <laughs> what? Uh, what was the reason? Like, was that to do with work, or just because so, you felt like it? Uh, How so has that affected your work as well, anyway? Moved to Devon for several reasons. One is my brother-in-law, who lives in Braunton, so mm-hmm. not far from here. He, me, and him made a feature film right. um, about f- five years ago. No, six years ago. I think we finished it in twenty sixteen, um, and we're basically going to we're working on more feature films and yeah. sort of that's sort of our plan. So I moved down here to be closer to him to work together on yeah. those sort of projects, like the bigger projects. Um, and then we've been visiting cause they live down here. So we've been visiting holidays, always loved it here. Yeah. Um, my wife got a job at nearby. So okay, it yeah. happened to, that was a good yeah, yeah. reason to move down. Um, and living in Brighton is expensive. <laughs> Oh um, yeah, so, I've got friends that live there, and they say that it like. Yeah. I'm like, how often did you go out much? No. Nope. Nope. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, living in Brighton was expensive. Uh, so we moved here and now have a much bigger place with a mm. studio and workshop and stuff. So, nice. So 
lots of little benefits. No yeah. real, no solid like one reason that we're like 100 percent why we yeah, be yeah. here. Um, but work-wise, I mean, I'm maintaining, trying to maintain my work that I was, I had in London. Regular people that I was working. Do you commute with. there then? Yeah, often. I commute not very often. Usually once a month. I suppose you can I, work remotely as well, can't you? I mean, the thing is, this thing is, the, the the COVID thing has made it very easy in a way to make a move like this because no we, one's going to notice. No one's going to notice, and you know, we're working. It's not like we're there's not as much going on, so mm. we don't have to be in London all the time. Uh, long term goal is to like move into making longer form feature film stuff. Well, that was going to be one of my questions for yeah. you. Yeah, so go. that's kind of like the long term goal. So being down here and being basing myself in this area is a slightly cheaper way of living so we can maybe focus more so have you got like a a passion project then Uh, you say you want to move into features yeah is it going to be what do you write no so i i'm i'm strictly like a technical person right Okay. like i'm a little bit of a creative because i make films but i'm not like a writing so do you source other people's source yeah so my brother-in-law nick he is he i mean him and his wife wrote the feature film we made last time. And oh, wow, what was that? So the, the film was called it was called Seat Twenty Five, um, mm-hmm. and it's uh, it was a film about a woman who wins a ticket to Mars, like in a competition. Yeah, uh, and it's about her leaving her family and friends behind and, and going to Mars. So it's it's I mean it's classed as like a drama sci-fi. It's not really a sci-fi because like it's not actually about going to Mars. It's about leaving it's yeah leaving your family and on, on, yeah, on yeah, Earth of course, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but we shot that in 2015, 2016, finished it in 2016, premiered it in LA the following year. No way. Which was really cool. Uh, and then it went on to win I think, 10 or 12 awards around the world. Holy shit. Yeah, it was really... <laughs> Where so, can I see this? Amazon Prime. It's on Amazon Prime? <laughs> yeah, it's on Amazon I'm Prime. I'm going to watch it. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, we shot that. So that was... I won like best cinematographer in America, which is at this at this film festival. So that kind of like that was my like actually I really would like to do feature film. Feature, stuff. yeah, I mean, um, me too. <laughs> you know, it's a completely different way of working, like long form. You know, months of of planning, months of editing. I mean, we had visual. I mean, we did have space sequences. We had Mars shots that we shot on the Bronson Burrows. Um, I can't believe you shot a film in Braunton. Yeah, we shot all. And the... you took it to LA. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's we amazing. shot all the all the Mars stuff on Braunton and Saunton Sands and stuff, um, with drones and, and aerial stuff and all sorts of stuff to make it look like Mars, like like painted out, painted it. out all the surfers in the sea and like like quite complicated like yeah, yeah, sequences. Cool. I'm assuming you coloured it to make it look a look bit like more Mars. red. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was a big project, and we kind of jumped into it. My brother-in-law was like, "I've written this film. Should we make it?" And we were kind of like, "Yeah, let's do it." And then like. We basically made it really quickly and for almost no budget. I mean, literally, like no budget at all. And then it just people absolutely loved it. And like, you That's know, fantastic. we got, um, we got like it was released in Canada, released in China. It had like all these. Has it had much traction? Like, uh, I mean, it's had like it's had lots of views. I mean, it's it's a mix because it's classed as a sci-fi. We get this mixed bag of reviews. That's yeah. how we like to look at it. So on IMDb and stuff, the reviews are like absolutely love it. Like nine out of ten, yeah, eight out of ten. Like Rotten Tomatoes. Love it. Uh, I don't know about Rotten. I think it's on Rotten Tomatoes. I've really looked, but uh, but then but it's also got like absolutely hated every minute of this because it's not very sci-fi. So basically, like people that thought it was a sci-fi about so going to this Mars, is the problem, isn't it? If they've if they've classed it as a sci-fi yeah. film, people want to see the sci-fi, and they and that's most people's complaints. Like it's nothing to do with sci-fi. 
Yeah. So, you know, it's mixed review, but it's had, you know, it's had hundreds of reviews on IMDb and places. So it's obviously getting thousands of views, but we don't, I don't get the numbers. I'm, it's, uh, the distributors have all that stuff. But, oh, um, I'm going to definitely watch this. But have a watch. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm, so I will it's, let um, you know what I think and everything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was shot, yeah, 2015, 2016. Um, first time shooting a feature film. Uh, How did you find it? Yeah, it was tough. I mean, me, so I did all the cinematography, all the lighting, all the sound. Uh, all of it. <laughs> uh, my my friend Callum, who's the editor, did all the editing, and then between me and him, we did all the foley and and, and oh foley's fun. Man. Yeah, all the foley and the VFX for the whole film. So just two of us made. So did you shoot tech. it as well? Yeah. So just two people did the whole of the tech side, like, and then my brother-in-law Nick directed it, That's amazing. and his wife was the lead in it, um, and then we had loads of other actors, like all from different industry, because my brother-in-law's an actor in yeah. quite big TV and film things, so he had a lot of his friends that had been in other stuff sort of come in and help on it um but it was a good fun and but we've since we finished that we've kind of been wanting to make a film ever another one ever since but we've just fallen against i was too busy then he got loads of work and then covid we meant to shoot it this year and obviously this fell apart this year was gonna be the year to film the new film but um, yeah we have started if you need an extra pair of hands yeah yeah well we have started filming it uh we did a couple of days the other week so we're starting and we're filming a lot of it down here as well so we're definitely Get get a hand. Any uh, any chance we can get a bit of uh, information on what the new film you're shooting is? Um, I'm terrible at explaining it because it's What's even it more complex. Uh, Remembering the future is its current title. Remembering um, the future. It's a bit science. So science. Well, yeah, drama, science fiction. Yeah, yeah. But again, on Earth. But it's a bit like time traveling. It's a bit like very heavy science. Like all based in relative reality. But, yeah. Um, it's quite could be quite an interesting one. It's quite complex production wise um, I love it but yeah I mean hopefully at some point next year it will be out but we don't know because it depends how strict the Covid rules are because yeah, filming at the moment yeah, well. with a crew and actors is really really have you like sourced actors like out like yeah so this one we're sourcing a lot of the actors a couple of people that we know that were in the last film people that we liked working with but we're bringing there's a few roles in it that we're casting outside mm-hmm. of people we know um and then hopefully down the line, you know, try and with two films, hopefully the next one's successful, but with two successful films, if that's the case, you know, we can then look into getting funding from outside sources yeah. and, and get some actual money to sort of put behind it. Um, that's unreal. But yeah, so that was sort of, that was my big sort of project that I've done. And that kind of is what's made me move down here to be closer to my brother-in-law, who's, who we basically run that company together. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So he's the creative and you're the technic yeah. kind of person. Yeah, That's basically, yeah. Good dynamic duo there. Yeah, nice. yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. So I have a question, Yeah. Uh, obviously. Uh, so with the other one that you... How did you end up at LA? Ah, okay. So how do we end up in LA? So when we finished the film, um, we submitted it to loads of film festivals. Yeah. I don't know how many we ended up submitting them to. You have to pay to submit to every one. Do you? Yeah. yeah. We, spend uh, more, yeah, yeah. we spend more money submitting the film... Classic. ...than we spent on the film. Yeah, you know, it's a bit of a catch twenty two, yeah. isn't it? So really? we spend, you know, you yeah, can spend so all this money. Yeah, submitted to all these festivals, and so the f- one of the first ones we got back from, which was called Raw Raw Science Film Festival in LA. So it's a f- science film festival mm-hmm. based in LA, um, and I think we won best feature film there. I think that's what we won. Really? Yeah, um, and because it was like a drama that was, but it had science yeah. so people really like 
it worked really well in that audience because they wanted to see something that had some really interesting storylines about going to Mars, which at that point was a real big thing. Like this is when the Martian had come out a little bit before. And so this idea of Mars and stuff was really quite popular. Space, there's been for the last five, it's six years, popular. space exploration has yeah. really picked up. And well, and that's, yeah. And we didn't, that wasn't at that. We started that film when that was like just starting. It was the perfect so, yeah. timing. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. That's why we ended up like, they just loved it. We were like a British small little independent little company making a British film. Yeah but it was about Mars and science and stuff. So they loved it. So we went out um, to LA and it premiered at Fox Studios. So in the big cinema where they yeah, premiered, yeah. I don't know where they premiered the week before, but like a blockbuster, you know, like, and then our film was there with red carpets and all this sort of stuff. That's so good. Um, and that was kind of how we ended up there. Um, and then it sort of, then it won some stuff in the UK. It won like the Birmingham Film Festival and it won one of the London ones and it won few bits and then a few other places in america it got some awards and nominations and stuff so we ended up going out quite a few times to america for those yeah um and it was just not what we expected we didn't we set out to make a film to then get money to make another film Mm -hmm. we didn't think the first film was going to do as well as it did um so for us it was just really really nice to have spent a year on something that we all didn't earn any money we all like you know didn't work very much for a yeah. year kind of thing um and at least we got something from it which was you know awards and and stuff like that and contacts you know big contact books of people yeah to go uh, and no you know, doubt yeah to help us in the future and stuff so, so and have you like what like have you got any plans to work with anyone that you met sort of? um yeah, there's a few people. If we met someone, I can't remember his name. He, he's a, he's a book writer, and he saw the film. He actually loved it, and he's written science books. He's quite science fiction books. He's quite well known. I can't remember his name at all. Um, he's like a published science fiction writer, and he really loved the film and loved what we were doing. And he, we've been in chats with him about potentially dr- doing turning one of his books into a film, yeah, um, and things like that. So there is some people that maybe down the line, but. His, that would require a big budget because it's no, like course, yeah. I think it was set in a space station, so we'd need to build a big set yeah. or you know like in a in a studio. So you're talking bigger money there, but yeah, yeah. you know, well, do, you, do you do crowdfunding? Have you, do you... So we crowdfunded the first film. Yeah, I mean, I think we got a couple of thousand pounds through crowdfunding. Wow. Um, because like we just had no, no completely unknowns, you know, of course, no yeah. proven track record with you know I. I could make. I could have great showreel at the time, yeah. but it doesn't prove you can make a film. Crowdfunding is an interesting one, isn't yeah. it? Because you. you you are solely depending on people to give you money towards a project that they will not. No one knows how it's going to work out. Obviously, it no. clearly worked yeah. out in your favor. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it, yeah, especially if you've got nothing to go against, like really, yeah, in that department. No, you're They're jumping in. But we like, you know, we had someone um, who gave a really quite a large chunk of money from America. Just found us on the homepage. Yeah. Just out the blue, found us. Thought we were great, and then she ended up giving us. A chunk of money for towards the film but then she contacted us and was like look i'm a marketing person i run a marketing company in america like i'd love to get involved somehow and then she basically taught us how to do social media marketing yeah. how to like build up an audience and and her company ended up doing the poster for free for us and like a few bits like that so it ended up being like just out of a just from literally crowdfunding we got this contact who you know she's come over to England we've met her in America she yeah, came yeah. out to LA even though she lives the other side of America for the premiere like you know really lovely person that we met through her literally just finding us and loving the little you know the video we made as our sort of pitch yeah um, so yeah I mean yeah it's, crowdfunding can be amazing because 
there are people out there that are really passionate. Yeah, and really want do to want find... it. And, it, and obviously, yeah. with the incentive of re- the incentive you can do and rewards, yeah. um, it's really you know you are part. Whether you are like physically turning up to a shoot or you yeah. are providing money, you yeah, are yeah. part of. Yeah that product yeah like exactly project and you get yeah. to be credited yeah and we well. did you know we did the whole like you know posters dvds yeah that's scripts, sick all that kind of stuff you know we had premiere tickets you could come and see and things so like we we did a really we followed a lot of other people who had done crowdfunding programs at the time yeah. and we thought well let's do this really well and make sure everyone feels involved so we we did like monthly updates with a little video with like clips that we'd shot that month for the film and yeah. test visual effects and we kept people updated with what was going on with with the film and i think you know, if we went back and then wanted to crowdfund again, I think a lot of those people would come back again. Yeah. Because they, you know, we they had a little bit of a little piece. Yeah. Of the once film. you've got that first piece under your belt, yeah. you get that. You build that sort of trust with people, yeah. and then people want and that familiarity, and people are obviously going to go, okay, well, it worked out so well. I'm happy to sort of invest in the next one. Really, yeah. Yeah. Aren't you? yeah. Um, well, that that actually sounds incredible. Um, everyone can't see it but i was literally sat basically gobsmacked the entire time <laughs> joe was telling me <laughs> uh right so moving on um because i could sit here and talk to you about your film all day but i think we will be here all day otherwise um let's let's take it back a little bit yeah so when you were eight nine years old and you said you started making films was there a particular film or a director that you sort of latched onto that made you go this is it. This is what I want to do. I want to start making stuff like this as well. Not even necessarily as a career, but like, oh my god, I want, I want to, I want, yeah. like, I want to make this. So I guess, yeah. So I don't know if it was when I was eight or nine. I don't really know. I suppose probably my dad and people like that were my inspiration when I was that age. Like, yeah. you know, he was making these little films for fun, and I wanted to do that. So yeah. I sort of joined in. But I suppose as I got a little bit more into film, I was supposed so Freddie Wong and Corolla Digital. And the so YouTube you were really like, into the YouTube scene. That's what, yeah. I mean, that's where I went. I could, I want to do that. Yeah. This is before like YouTube was really like a thing. Yeah, like, yeah. What, like, I don't think they even got paid from YouTube at this point. This is like early days. 2011. I think they did, but they had to really work yeah. hard for it. Didn't this they? is like 2010, 2011. Yeah, yeah. Time like this is early of that. You know, this is before anyone that's pretty basically mass- massive now existed. Yeah. Kind of thing. Um, so I was watching their videos and just fascinated with because they posted the behind the scenes, which you never really got to see no. at, the, at the time. So you saw these sort of behind the scenes of a load of friends basically making films and these amazing little funny little films that they'd made that they'd done on computers that were, achie- you know, at the time you were looked at it and went achievable. Whenever you watched the behind the scenes of like the latest Star Wars film at the time, you know, it was at these huge studios, yeah, with these massive yeah. computers. and But they, they made it the first time it was accessible to sort of, you could do it yourself. Yeah, it made it. It was so. It made yeah. it look so DIY. Yeah, yeah. So that was probably probably my big inspiration of why I wanted to do it. Though things like so Edgar Wright, who did Hot Fuzz mm-hmm. and Shaun of the Dead, like he was a real. I like loved. I loved his style of like the camera work. His just. I loved the style of what he did. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was probably a, a director I really enjoyed watching. Christopher Nolan probably as well. Have you seen Tenet yet? I haven't seen Tenet yet. No. Um, I won't tell you about that. Then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, but like, I loved his stuff because I loved the scope. I loved the visual effects. That, well, mm. not the the practical effects as he tends to use, and the sort of sort of those sort of things inspired me. Um, but I would say YouTube was my biggest sort of like actual driver to get me into making films. That's really interesting, to be um, fair, especially as you want to take that feature route. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not. I don't want to just do feature films because I love doing smaller short form mm. stuff as well. Because I think. 
you know, a feature film, especially when you get to bigger stuff, it's a year or two of your life gone of course it is, on yeah. one project. And like, I like having lots of projects and, you know, doing different types of projects in different yeah. locations. Whereas a feature film, yeah, that would be like... It's, it's just time consuming. You have yeah. to dedicate basically... Yeah, yeah. And that's all you live yeah. for two years or a year is the same story, the same... I can footage. imagine, yeah, by the end of it, you're like, yeah. if I never see this film again, it yeah, would still yeah. be too soon. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we've only finished Seat 25. We then watched it loads of times at festivals oh. and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah. And then, so then I think I probably watched it, the last time I probably watched it was in like 2017, like three years ago, you know, 2018. And then I think I saw it just about the other day and I was watching it going, oh, this is just, no, why? Do you watch films me? that you've made and gone, oh, we should yeah. have done that differently? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, even like from six months ago, I kind of go, why, why did I not do it like this? Now I know I can what, do, do, you it like... do, you lay, do you lay there and think, why did I ever do that? Yeah, well, if I'm showing like a project to someone, I'll sort of be like, yeah. oh, I'm like, oh, this, I remember this being much better here. Yes! You know? <laughs> yeah. So, yes! And that, and that, that yeah, lot. so when I looked at, you know, C25 and stuff after we hadn't seen it for a few years, there was bits like, why did we not just spend more time on the sound here? Like, you know... But we learn, and that's what we're you taking on learn. to our next project. That, you it's know. all it is, is a learning yeah. and, and I think, you know, I would say probably most directors look at all their films in the same, in the same view. Yeah. I imagine all filmmakers look back at anything that's older, you know, and go, why would I have done it like that? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I suppose, yeah, YouTube was my biggest inspiration to okay. getting into making movies mm. and making film. And also because I was a technical person, I loved the technical like the tutorials the behind the scenes, the behind stuff. The yeah, scenes yeah, stuff and that that was my you know that's becoming thing. a bit of a thing as well now i've noticed like for example i'm going to take disney for example mm-hmm. disney plus yeah. i was talking to my um stepdad about this yeah. last night uh, he was referring to the mandalorian and he yeah. was watching the behind the scenes yeah, yeah. of that and they've really started putting out a lot of the behind the sort of scene or they call it the behind the magic sort yeah. of thing as well yeah and that's becoming a real thing is deconstructing a project and yeah. seeing how it's put together. I think it's really good as well because I think people don't quite realise how much work goes I don't into think, yeah. a, a film that they watch. Yeah. I think a lot of people think they just point the camera. Yeah, yeah. And I was saying they, this you know. um, last week on my last episode. Um, people see the success side of it and they see the final product. They don't see what the blood, sweat and tears that goes into making the projects that no. we work very yeah. hard on doing. Yeah. And like, you know, everything from like, cause Disney does, you know, they've done a good job of it and other behind the scenes have of showing like, you know, everything you see has yeah. had someone's input in yeah. from hair to makeup, to costume, to the background, catering. to catering. There is, you know, there is a, there's a huge amount of people involved to make one, TV show, like, yeah. you know, so it, it, and I think that's quite good to show people that. Oh, I, think, um, I think it really does. It really is like, especially in these times as well. Like, I won't get political, but with all the stuff coming out about how perhaps working in an industry like this isn't like a yeah. like hard, like perhaps it's time to retrain and yeah. do something else. But yeah. then, if you see yeah. on the on the this flip is... side, if you see the hard work that yeah. goes into making something yeah. that everyone enjoys, yeah. and that is one thing, no matter where you stand in yeah. the world. Yeah. You will, or everyone enjoys some sort of. Yeah. If you took all the way all the all the all the films and well, stuff, lockdown would have been it would be very different. Would have been shit. Yeah. That's yeah. So it is. A, it. Yeah, it is a shame that 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 there there is this sort of like slight peop, sort of thing about creative. Maybe you shouldn't. Yeah. You know, and it's like, well, <clears> that <throat> kind of keeps people sane. You know. It does. Uh, so yeah. I think. Yeah, I think it's important that people are continue making stuff and 100%. showing, and also these documentaries showing yeah. how hard, yeah, yeah, how I much totally work agree. goes in. It's not like, you know, 
everyone just sort of has a nice time and they all get paid loads of money and they're like yeah obviously on the massive top end there are yeah, people yeah. that get paid a lot of money but you know there's a lot of people in the yeah. industry that don't get paid a lot of money you get a normal wage and put in hours and hours yeah. of time for, i um yeah. i made a short film while i was out in australia mm. uh it was about a 35 minute film mm-hmm. um and it was a horror film we made and i tried on the first few shoots, I tried getting people to do background shoot like yeah. behind the scenes because I wanted to mm. have that sort of memory of all the shoot. We had like we'd source actors we didn't know. We'd got crew in to mm. do stuff. Uh, I had we had catering and all sorts. Like we really, really put a lot of effort in. And some shoots, obviously, being a horror, mm. we shot a lot of it at night. Yeah. And some shoots, we were out till like three, four in the morning. And we were shooting down the Great Ocean Road. I don't know if you've ever been to Australia, but the Great Ocean Road is like this big, like a huge road. Like Mm. it is a great road along the sea, but there's no light, (laughs) right? So you're basically in the middle of nowhere shooting at night with no one around you. So if you get stuck or you get something like that, you are, you're in trouble. And so we're out there shooting. It's a bit, it is creepy. So it's the perfect setting. And it's like, we were out there and sometimes it was quite cold, like it's quite windy, mm. it maybe rained and you don't really have anywhere to shelter because you are in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. All you, could, all you could do was sit in a car, but then that means you just can't obviously do any work. So mm. there was a lot of that. There was a lot of times like, and you have to re, like, you, there was one shot we shot in a car yeah. and we had to reset that shot 12 times. <laughs> so we had to reverse back down the road, like do it again. Yeah. No, do it again. And it was just like, it, there, there's all that hard work. Like yeah. it, like you obviously see the final bit, yeah, but you don't see how many takes we were doing just before that as no. well. It's like, oh, it's yeah. just exhausting. It, it sometimes. Is, yeah, I think that is people don't realise, and I think yeah, it's good to keep keep this content coming out. Yeah, and making, I think it does, and it keeps. Scenes. I think it keeps the audience sort of. It probably makes them more appreciative. Obviously, they don't. Yeah. Not everyone's going to watch it, no. but if they do, they probably yeah. appreciate the art a lot yeah. more. Yeah, I think there's, you know, I think people might then re, you know, if you rewatched the film yeah. that you'd watched after seeing the behind the scenes you'd notice a lot yeah. more things that are probably you hadn't even realized that someone had planned out yeah and thought about they're not nothing happens for free in a film no. or in a tv show Never. really like you know nothing you see i mean yeah you might get a beautiful location but someone's gone and found that yeah, beautiful location and, that, and you have to pay someone to yeah, source that exactly. location you know you, you know there are you don't just stumble across these things right you know, so yeah. Unless you do just stumble, which them, does then, happen, there are amazing yeah, moments, you know, yeah, where yeah. you go, I can't believe that that thing happened at that exact. Yeah, moment. yeah, that, that, <laughs> that, let's do that right now. Yeah. That looks perfect. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. That's the sort of thing. And one of my favorite things as well. I remember a few years ago, there was a video that came out, and uh, um, about Foley. Yeah. And then I saw a particular thing about how Foley was done for. I mean, I knew it anyway. We've been to university. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We 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 learned this stuff, right? Yeah. And. Uh, there was a video that came out about planet earth and how all oh, the yeah, animal all the sounds, sounds are all artificial yeah. and the amount of people that were like, wait, so that's not actually recorded. All the sounds, all the, what, you like think the they crawling. got close to a snake to yeah. record it hissing? Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> no, they did not get close to it. They're yeah. not going to mic up a snake, are they? Like it's not going to yeah. happen. Like that's all artificial sounds. Yeah. Most of the time it's just sand. Yeah. Like in a thing, it's just, yeah. that's it. That's all that is. That's the thing. I think, yeah. One, and in films, you know, most people would presume that, you know, when they see a scene, that's the sound on the set. It's like no, no. Like if there's no hair, blow- if there's hair blowing, there's a wind machine which makes yeah. so much noise that yeah, you know. And if you want to hear the sound of wind, yeah, all you'd get is yeah, 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 horrible. Yeah. So I think people kind of forget that that 
exists. Yeah. And if there's wind machines and there's actors doing dialogue, well, they've got the actors have to re-record their dialogue yeah. afterwards. You know, like matching, syncing their own dialogue up. Which after is the a film. pain. Yeah. A dubs. Are, oh, I hate yeah. overdubs. Yeah, we did about three or four whole scenes in C25. Dubbed. Overdubbed. Overdubbed. Yeah. One That's was such hard work. Yeah, it was a nightmare. And we had to, we we did each actor's bit separately and drove with a pelly case with sound equipment in to each person's house in London and flat or whatever and like set it up and just did their lines onto a laptop oh my god I just had to go and do each individual because we we couldn't like because everyone was doing it for a favour we couldn't really ask them to come all the way to us so we went to them but it just meant we had to take a laptop with the film on it like all synced up the whole studio yeah it was a a nightmare and I suppose if you go into the house you have to get you have to bring sound like yeah yeah we had um, panels and stuff yeah Yeah. and but I mean like you can't notice you can't notice I couldn't think of the word yeah you can't notice well I mean Maybe you could if you knew, but people yeah. that have never no, no people that don't have any knowledge of it have never said anything. No, so. of course, and you wouldn't like yeah. this is a thing as well. Like yeah. unless you've seen the behind the scenes, yeah. you're never going to know. Like what you just assume, that. cool, yeah. that everything there went fine, yeah. but it's not fine. Sometimes no. you do a shoot, and like I've done a film shoot where we've spent three hours on one shot. Yeah, and if you've like if you've hired out a studio, yeah, and you've got right, we've got a whole shooting like schedule we have to do. Why are we still doing this shot? We're already running behind. Those are the things that people won't see. You just assume, cool, they did that, they rocked up, they shot on that scene. Like, especially with like on location shoots as well. Yeah. The weather dependent. Yeah. Like, (laughs) there's people that could walk in the background, like noise and stuff. It's all very much like you've got to take a lot of things into consideration. Unless you're like a big production, you can't shut things down. You know, you can't close close an area just because you want to shoot there. No, no. You know, you've got to have some serious money for that. Yeah. You know. Well, it's like. um, good example of uh, not being able to shut things down for a big production like i think about the you know 28 days later mm-hmm. all those scenes where killian murphy's walking across the bridge in london they didn't sh- close that down no. they just did it at like four or five in the morning in the dead of summer and just sort of try to block people from going on the bridge as well just so they could get that shot done yeah. it's like my uh, crazy my my friend my childhood friend's dad is the production designer on 28 Days Later. Really? Yeah. So I remember when he, well, I was probably, I was very young at the time, but he went out and did that, those shots on the on the bridge and my cousin, my, my friend went with him as well. So Met Danny Boyle? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. That's sick. Yeah, it's really cool. So that's, I mean, that probably inspired me a little bit is my na- next door neighbour, his dad, was a production designer for all of Danny Boyle's films, you know, and the new Bond that's coming out, like, you know, and so that... Isn't he doing that? What? Am I making that up? Is no, Danny he Boyle... left think he was meant to be wasn't he He was meant to be but he left yeah he left but yeah. my friend's dad stayed in stayed on right okay yeah. sweet who's doing it? is it sam mendes i feel like it's I think the it guy did be. 1917 is it him it might be sam mendes yeah because he did spectre i'm pretty sure he did yeah spectre. yeah i think it is him yeah, yeah fair yeah. that's yeah it, it, i think it is handy having someone working like you know someone who works in the industry unfortunately yeah. i'm 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 not that fortunate to know mm. someone who works yeah, yeah. in the industry to inspire me. It was all pretty much myself, to be yeah. honest, or the friends I had around me when I was yeah. studying it. But yeah, I guess that definitely does sort of help sort of drive that passion a bit more. Yeah. Um, and so you've been working in this industry with, under the alias of Red Kite for how long now? About five? Well, 2013. So 2013. Years. And so obviously uh, since graduating, you've carried on doing that. Uh, what are some of the toughest challenges you've uh, like... I had to overcome sort of working in this industry that people I might would, not really see. Uh, w- sourcing work, mm. that's a real big one. Yeah. Um, obviously, 
you know there's there's a people paid a lot of money in the world to find work yeah like that's their job is you know to to, to get work in for marketing people to to, to advertise yeah, but yeah. like that's the and so when you're a small little company you don't have that person you've got to do it yourself yeah yeah of course and that for me was my probably my biggest challenge trying to get the company off the ground because at the beginning yeah we worked for lots of people we knew but getting stepping out and trying to find contacts and now i was in brighton at the time which is like there's like if you google film companies brighton like there's like four or five pages on google of just like imagine all yeah. actual really good that like film companies that do all sorts of companies projects and you yeah look at like the closer you for. get to london the more yeah there is, so like there? i was in a place where i was like very small i didn't have the overheads small those fish in a big pond yeah but like I didn't have the overheads that they had. Like you know, they had big offices and all this. So like you know, I could undercharge, but you still got to get your name. Yeah, you know, yeah. I could charge sure. less than those big companies, but you still got to get your name out there. So I would say for me, sourcing work's always been my like biggest issue is just trying to find clients to work for and persuading them that we're the best option for them. Because and so how do you how did you overcome that? Um. <laughs> don't know if i ever did i think i still struggle now um <laughs> isn't that the truth Jesus, yeah um but i think uh doing good work and when and when you do doing the good work making a very good impression of the people yeah. you work for because most people we've worked for have come back back or we've got someone from them right yeah like I, so many things are like i get an email like oh you did this video for this person three years ago i saw your logo at the end or they oh I contacted them and they said it was you guys that did it, and they, and because we've left such a good impression when we work with people, sure, yeah. you know we've we've stayed longer than they thought we would in the sense of like we haven't just left as soon as we're finished we're like chatting we're you know engaging with the people you're with yeah. having a nice time with them that actually you know they'll remember you and they'll suggest you and I think that might be what how we've gained our work yeah, along yeah. the lines of that like I don't think we've had many emails out of nowhere like cold emails like who have just found us on our website or something i'd say most of our work has come from someone else yeah it's the same as me all the work i've done so mm. far like i've i did one video at the start of summer mm. and then it's sort of perpetuated yeah, i yeah, guess yeah. into something bigger and yeah that client's come back been like right i've got this for you i've got this for you i've yeah. got this for you what do you think about the news and i'm like okay yeah uh it, yeah it doesn't just magically appear on a plate does it really no. you you, you, you no. do have to sort of put yourself out there a little bit more as well yeah and i, th I think that's yeah that has you've got to you've got to leave a good impression because if you don't you're not gonna they're not gonna ask you back yeah of course and they're not gonna suggest you um yeah. so that's probably my biggest challenge i mean there's loads of little challenges like trying Absolutely. to fund yourself when you're young with equipment yeah. is like you know you're playing this game of like i'm gonna do a job and they're gonna pay me great but i need that money to live but then also if i don't use some of that money to buy new equipment I'm never going to progress. It's, it's, so you're constantly investing cycle, yeah. or living <laughs> or not living and then investing. <laughs> um, so I, you know, and I've, I'm, I love technology. So, you know, I, I've invested a lot and not lived yeah. a lot. So <laughs> kind of, yeah, you know, yeah. I think that's kind of part of it is that's a challenge is trying to, yeah. I mean, luckily I don't have any expensive hobbies. My hobbies are mostly related to what I do. So luckily yeah. a new piece of equipment to me is like, getting a new games console so you know <laughs> yeah no um, i uh, yeah yeah this i found doing this as well like it's probably gonna yeah but i found doing this as well like working with some clients they do sort of lend you the equipment and mm. then i'm sort of not i'm not 
I ended up keeping it, but I've, I've still got like some of that equipment, and I'm mm. like, oh, okay, so I can still use this on other projects as well. So that's the sort of yeah. way I've sort of overcome that issue yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, creating, I mean, you know, good connections. Also, good connections with other filmmakers. Yeah. You know, borrowing, you know, if you need, you know, I've had it where I've needed three cameras for a shoot for something like a live event and needed three angles. Mm hmm. You know, and I'm like, I asked, you know, ask someone that I've worked with before, can I borrow one of the cameras, or do you want to come down for the day and give me some money, yeah. or like trying to, you know, knowing other filmmakers, because also it's like equipment-wise, like you know, I've got loads of this stuff, they've got loads of that stuff. Yeah. Well, it'd be great if I need some of that, you know, some of that equipment. Can I borrow it? But if you need some of whatever I've got, yeah. So you kind yeah. of just chop and change with people. Yeah, because yeah. it's like you know, you don't always need some equipment you don't need very often. Sure. You know, but when you need it, it'd be great to have it. But it's yeah. not worth having spent thousands of pounds on it just for that like once or twice yeah, a year you need it you i know? know people that do work very similarly mm. to me and you and they've just they've got people they know people that have like this equipment yeah. and like i have a friend who basically just rather than buys equipment mm. every time he does a shoot mm. just gives a percentage of that shoot to that guy the client because he just said it just essentially just works out cheaper like i have a like mm. the guy he hires from i think mm. he's spent over 10 grand on yeah. gear yeah yeah that my friend uses yeah. as well yeah. so it's like yeah, you yeah. kind of just have to work out where you can get equipment and how you... It is a budgeting thing when you're starting off very yeah. early on, yeah. isn't it? So Yeah, and I started, like, I literally started the company basically on, on one camera that I borrowed money for, which I still use. It was the best camera I could have bought at the time. I bought it, and I bought... I then used it for about two years and bought a separate recorder, which yeah. made it even better. And I still use that camera, which is why I'm going to have to replace next year, because it's seven years old. But... And it was like 10 grand when I bought it. Yeah, it was sure. like, you know, amazing. It's but everything just, has a shelf life, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, really? it was a Sony FS700. Nice. Um, with an external recorder, yeah. so it could be 4K raw, like super slow-mo, yeah, all yeah. that. Amazing camera. Um, and that's how I started. I got that camera. I got, I borrowed money and I bought that camera. And then that has basically, I've had, I have other cameras around it now, but like that was the one that's gone all the way through. Um, and that worked out really, really well because I've never had to hire a camera for anything i've mm -hmm. always just had yeah a camera to use but you know that's the way i, I went that around. is one of the things because cameras like i know we said earlier it's mm. not like the be all of end all if you don't have an amazing camera but that is the one thing that will probably set you back the most, most in terms of the equipment yeah, yeah. That, and the lenses, lenses as well. yeah um, yeah so it is probably yeah. good to have maybe invested in that and then yeah. maybe perhaps source lights from elsewhere yeah or... and then like because and that camera the other thing is it had a slow-mo which at the time you couldn't shoot no. that much slow-mo, especially back like 2014 time. Like I could shoot 240 frames a second in full HD, which no one else could shoot. So I like all you my stood out from the rest. Yeah, or a bit. all my like films around that time, like corporate stuff, had these amazing like slow-mo sequences in them. Nice. You know, when we did projects for schools, we'd have like you know, like a, a sports section or whatever in it, and it would have these slow-mos. Yeah. And, you know, working with like. I worked at a lot of schools when we started the company, a lot of educational films and stuff. And so filming, you know, kids running about in a, in a classroom in slow-mo makes it look like it it's... just looks so good. It's, in yeah. corporate, slow-mo yeah. is a really exactly. big thing. Exactly. So that was like such a feature of that camera because at the time, you, the only other options you had were like full high-end yeah. cinema cameras. So that was kind of the biggest reason for that camera. And yeah, I think that probably made a massive difference in my quality at the time yeah. because of the fact I had that slow-mo. That's... So. Yeah, fair play. Yeah. I imagine it's going to be hard to let go of that camera next year. But uh, yeah, I'm going to keep it. Of course, yeah. Um, it was we shot the feature film on it, so to me, it's quite important to yeah, keep it's, it. It's that sentiment. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I will probably keep it on a shelf 
and keep it as a little memory. But um, yeah, it's how far good, you've come? How far? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I moved, <laughs> when I moved to the Reds. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah it's, I think that's a good move. To yeah. be fair. Um, right. So I've got one last question for mm-hmm. you. Uh, so I asked this one particular question to everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you got any tips for anybody that are looking to get into this sort of work? What's the one big tip? For okay, you tips. That you thought? Um, making, working with other people, like if you can meet someone that has a similar interest in film, mm-hmm. this is how I started with my friend, is like work together because it's, there are bits you're not going to want to do and they're going to love and other way around. Yeah. And I think having someone to collaborate with when you're starting out, because you know you can invest in equipment together, like yeah. you know, you can buy a microphone, I'll buy the lens. You can buy the thing, like, and that's you know what we did. I, I had the lenses, he had the camera. Yeah. But it meant we had this, you know, no one was. You're both working together. It made you much more comfortable going to a shoot for the first time sure, yeah. with someone else. If you go on a shoot on your own, it's it quite intimidating. It can be quite daunting. It can be feeling, quite daunting, yeah. especially when you're young, you know, and you've you've not got a huge amount of experience. Mm. So I think finding someone. You know, even if they, like that, maybe their interest is the editing or the computer work, and yeah. yours is the filming, or yours is the editing and theirs is the filming. Like, you know, then at least you can both work together. I mean, that's one thing. If you can find someone which you can meet through film, I mean, it's hardest obviously slightly now with the COVID stuff. But mm, like, you know, if you're like at school or, or at college or something like that, like there are other people probably on the same course as you that yeah. probably are almost identically matched of what you do. So that's obviously one thing, and then just keep it making, working with people. When you work with people, <laughs> be really nice, because <laughs> that's how we've had that compliment so many times that we love working with you guys because you're really nice. Yeah, you're yeah. Really nice people. You want to be approachable. You want to be approachable, and I think you can't. A lot of people have... get stressful. A lot of people get really yes, stressed. Yes, I have uh, worked with clients. Yeah, and they're just they're just horrible yeah. to be around. Yeah. Like, yeah chill out there's yeah. no need like, like, yeah because you know if you're working at a company and the person you're working with isn't the manager that person's probably stressed already yeah. because they're not you know they've potentially hired you or they're responsible for the actual project you know yeah. so they're going to be stressed so don't you don't want to be stressed as well because you're just going to it's just not going to go very yeah. well so keeping a sort of nice attitude with everyone you work with because you never mm-hmm. know where you're going to get your next job from this is and it, I've yeah. And, and one having per- being yeah. nice is going to help, maybe help you make a connection, yeah. and then networking with somebody. Yeah. That's... And I've worked with someone, you know, on a small little project um, about a few years ago. My, uh, my friend Marie, and she is a musician, so I, I worked with her like on a project I was hired for by her manager to film mm. like a little promo film for a launch of an EP. This is like four or five years ago. Okay. Um, just a small little project. Just went about it. Marie really liked me after that and we sort of became friends a few years later and now she signed a massive record deal a few about a year ago wow and now I my biggest job that I currently do is documenting her journey through the music industry so what was her name sorry her name's Marie White so she's is that her stage name as well yeah yeah so she's uh yeah she's just signed a deal with like universal music like like huge record deal um and she went on tour last year supporting a band called Keen around the oh, UK. Oh, yeah, Keen, yeah, the so, Irish band. Yeah, so I went, um, I filmed her tour around the, like, the wow. UK following her journey on tour. And then from that, now I do all the 
all the little social content, all the video for that. Uh, we shot a music video the other day, which you shot it on Heel Beach. Did you? Uh, comes out what was on, that? Comes out on Friday. When did you shoot that? Uh, a couple of weeks ago. Two How did I miss that? Yeah, so we shot that there. That comes out on Friday, which is like all backed by Universe, of course. Universal Music and all sorts of stuff. Is like there that. like a whole crew down there? Or no, just, just me. <laughs> just you and just, her? Just me and dance. We had two dancers from London. That, oh, that so she's not in the video? She's not in the video, no. no. They've rehearsed and they came. They, Marie's been visiting quite a lot and loves it down here. So when they came up with the idea for the video, they wanted to shoot on that beach. Sure. So that comes out on Friday? It comes out on Friday, yeah. What's the song called? Uh, Sleepwalking. By, what was her Marie name? Marie White. I'm going to watch that. Yeah, oh. it's quite a cool video. Shot on the beach, like you were saying earlier, weather, well, it was the worst weather we oh, could have asked I, for. I, 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 I mean, to be honest, Joe, I don't know how you managed it, because I think it's rained every day since the end of August. Yeah, well, it rained multiple <laughs> times during the day while we were trying to film it. And <laughs> then obviously people At least the, there's some shelters down yeah, there Yeah, and then well. obviously people on the beach was the other oh, issue. Oh, yeah, a lot Try, of dog walkers on here. Trying to get the people, like, yeah, which we were like, you know, we're, we're, you know, it's everyone's beach, so we just wait for people to get out of the yeah, way. Yeah, for sure. And yeah. most people were really nice, so, you know, that was fine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like you know, that's from making a connection with one person years ago on a little project to now following this person. You don't know who the per- who no. you work for is going to be someone that might give you loads of work. In the Sometimes future. you just never know the impact, do no. you? No, and it could it could be really life altering. So, yeah, so be really nice to everyone. Look through, you know, unless they're really horrible to you, and then then maybe not. <laughs> But even then, no, yeah, <laughs> no. even then, be the bigger person. Kill them with kindness. Uh, yeah, yeah. So one piece of advice: is, you know, sometimes you kill them too hard with kindness, <laughs> and they don't die. So yeah. you know, where do you draw the line? I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Joe, um, thank you very much. No problem. Uh, that was a, what a hell of an episode. I think I say this all the time, but genuinely, it was one of the best ones I've done yet. Uh, so I really appreciate that. No, um, that was really good chat. It's my first podcast I've done as well. Is it? Yeah. Oh, wow, I'm honoured to be there. <laughs> and uh, I would love I'd love to get an update with you maybe yeah. in a year or two. Because yeah. I'm sure you'll probably have done, you'd have conquered half the industry by then. I thought. <laughs> we'll see. <yeah. laughs> um, but where can people find you? Have you got any socials that people can find uh, yeah, you? Yeah, I mean, we've got website, which is redkitefilms.co.uk. Mm-hmm. So there's like projects on there. There's a lot of like links to recent stuff we've done, including the film um, on there. Uh, Red Kite Films on Instagram, yep. which I'm terrible at social media. I'm not a not a big one. Like I just basically repost what other people have tagged me in. Yeah, that's about it. I, I occasionally post when I was when I'm away on the on the tour and stuff. I was pretty on it, but um, no, I'm not. I'm not great on that. But there is stuff on there. Yeah, yeah, there um, is. But probably it is those a good two. Page, yeah, Instagram and the website. Really, that's where you can find stuff. I'm assuming you keep the website quite regularly updated. Then. Yeah, I just re redid it recently, so it's oh, quite nice. up to date at the moment. And then yeah, seat twenty five on Amazon Prime. Oh, I'm if you want to watch, watch it. that. Yeah. It's a few years old now, so you know it's not. Like <laughs> it's been to LA and won awards. I'm, I'm in. Yeah. I'm in. <laughs> I'm gonna watch that. Um, yeah, Joe. Once again, thank you very much. Um, cheers. And there you have it. That was the amazing Joe Kaufman. Um, amazing. Absolutely amazing. A man that is, well, he's younger than me and has lived already a very rich life of filmmaking, which is just fantastic. So it's, you know, some of the stuff he's done, I, I was literally in awe talking, talking to him about. He's just a very knowledgeable man and uh, loved it. You know, each week I'm doing, or sorry, each episode I'm doing of this show just blows my mind we get to talk to some amazing people and what they get up to uh, but yeah anyway as usual if you want to talk to me about any of the you know, stuff we talk about in the show you can obviously reach me on instagram at t.h.visual 
or you can message me on Facebook at Tyler Heath Visual, or it's just TH Visual, not Tyler Heath Visual, Tyler at TH Visual. Um, yeah, thank you. Stick around for the next one. We'll see you soon. Cheers.